0: Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask that you give us your Holy Spirit this morning to uh, speak your word to us, to speak the word of life to us, that we may find ourselves fully alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please be seated. Again, my name is Trevor Spencer. It's great to be back over here at Daniel Island, especially on Easter Sunday. Welcome. If you are visiting with us, we are delighted that you are here and happy Easter. Now, this is a day of great excitement. It's a day of great beauty and hope and of joy as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Not only is today great, as many of us are starting to come back together for the first time in more than uh, a year worshiping online, perhaps, but it's great because we get to gather together and worship Jesus because it is the day in history that has led humans to, has led humanity to expect great things. And this reminded me of a story about a young family with a young son named William. Now, this family belonged to a small church out in the country where when it came time to have communion, the Lord's Supper, the ushers would pass around bread and, uh, bread and juice. And one Sunday they were traveling and they visited a more formal church. And at this church, instead of bread and juice, the pastor referred to communion as elements. That's a word that young William did not understand. And as... Be- communion began, the pastor said, if the deacons will come forward, the elements will pass among us. All of a sudden, William became really excited and he leaned over to his mom and said something that made her burst out in laughter. And all of a sudden, every eye in the church was upon them. And quickly, uh, William's mother grabbed him up and would kind of drug him out. And through the lobby, everybody could hear William crying out, Mom, Mom, we're going to miss the circus. The pastor said the elephants were going to walk among us. (laughs) Talk about misplaced expectations, right? How disappointed he would have been when there were no elephants. And I wonder this morning, what are you expecting Today, perhaps, just perhaps, there might be an elephant in our midst. For the disciples in our gospel reading, the first Easter was anything but exciting and beautiful. It was empty of hope, and instead of joy, it was full of grief. The women expected to find Jesus thoroughly dead in the tomb and behind a very large stone. Our gospel writer Mark begins by telling us that these three had purchased spices and these spices were meant to anoint the body so that a dead and decaying body wouldn't stink. They're a little late to the game, but they're still going to do it because it was the right thing that they had bought these spices to come and to anoint the dead body. They didn't expect him to be alive. And their words actually prove this, right? Because as they were walking to the tomb, they asked each other, who's going to roll away the stone for us? It's very large, right? They expected Jesus to be dead and an immovable object to be between them and his body. And they weren't the only ones. All of the other disciples, they were hiding out. Some were going back to their homes from Jerusalem thinking, oh man, we thought that he was going to be the one to save us. Some of them were beginning, going to return to their livelihoods. They all expected the worst. In some ways, that's not really all that surprising, is it? Three days earlier, Jesus, the one they had been following, had been arrested. See, he had been bringing the kingdom to them. He'd been bringing the kingdom to the unlovable, the kingdom of God. He gave the kingdom to those who had no status by the world's, in the world's eyes. He was bringing the kingdom to the people who the religious leaders said were completely unworthy. And Jesus, he had been loving them, and he and they had put their hope in him. And three days earlier, Friday, Saturday, now Sunday, he had been arrested. Right. And tried, and even though he knew that Jesus was innocent, the Roman governor Pilate uh, handed Jesus over to to God's people, to Jesus's people, who cried out for his crucifixion, and he died on the cross. We know from the very beginning, when the angel appeared to Joseph, and told him in a dream that Jesus. His son, he would be the one to save his people from their sins. We know it because throughout, uh, we know that throughout Jesus' ministry, he brought grace into the world when he refused to condemn known sinners. And he, while he died on the cross for the sins of the world, he cried out to his father, asking the father to forgive those who were actively killing him. Wherever Jesus lived, and even as Jesus died, he sought and brought forgiveness. And on this morning, despite their expectations that he was dead, Jesus brought life. The tomb was open. And the women, they went in, and there where Jesus' body had been laid three days earlier, where they had seen uh, this event take place, now sat an angel who gave them the most incredible news. And not surprisingly, the angels looked up at them and said, hey, don't be alarmed. It's okay. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. This is the most incredible proclamation in the history of the world. The dead live. The women, they came expecting death, right? And they they found life. Just as Jesus told them that he would die, be in the grave three days, and would rise again. Jesus told them the truth. And this, his greatest miracle, power over death, it proves his power. Jesus then, Jesus now is alive, And I wonder again, what are your expectations this morning? Many of you have come to celebrate. You know the joy and the power and life that comes from the resurrected Jesus. You've put your trust in him and you have been restored to relationship with God. You've let Him separate your sin from you as far as the east is from the west to the depths of the ocean. You know that Jesus secured for you on the cross and died for you the death you deserved and rose again to power so that you might be forgiven, so that sin might be overcome, so that death is not your future. And you've come with expectation for a uh, for a day full of joy and a day full of life and then there are others who are here this morning perhaps you're regular and yet deep inside you're still wondering is this story real you've come in search but with little expectation life has been pretty hard There's a a bishop named M.T. Wright in England, and he wrote in a book called Surprised by Hope, it's as if you're here, but yet you have a vague, only a vague and fuzzy optimism that somehow things might work out in the end. What if you could have sure hope? And some of you are here today, and you're on empty. You've followed the world, done all the right things and it still left you empty. You've hoped in someone else, and they have abandoned you and left you alone. And you look in the mirror, perhaps, and you know truly how dreadful you are. You regret the things that you've done. You're full of sin. And perhaps this morning you're here, with a vague hope. But you think that Jesus is either a myth, a a bygone philosopher, or pretty sure that he's still dead. He's not going to make any real difference in your life, you say. He cannot make any real difference. You don't expect anything. I mean, maybe you're here with your family, right? Maybe it is a good thing to be together. But you still don't expect much. And what God doesn't want you to miss today is the elephant in the middle of the room. The elephant walking among us. That Jesus who was good and dead in the grave now lives and is walking around in the world physically. In our story, that is what's happened. The angel says that he's not here, he's risen. That people now, in the same way, can live as well. What incredible news that if you believe in him, you who are dying in your sin can now live. If you seek him to forgive the things that you've done, to replace the things that are leaving you empty, He will. The bodily resurrection changes everything. And here's how. The resurrection first reverses disaster. When the women walked to the tomb, it couldn't have gotten any worse. Their Lord was dead. Their future was grim. Their hope was gone. The crucifixion reaped disaster in your life. I don't know if you ever read the book uh, *Fight Club*, or perhaps you saw the movie by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, the movie is less about violence, although there is an immense amount of it—and re- uh, understatement—but it's really about having everything you're supposed to have in the world and realizing that it's meaningless. And there's this great quote in the book that says this: "Only after disaster." can we be resurrected only after disaster can you be resurrected what jesus offers you today is the reversal of the disasters of your life where the world has sown uh, has sown hate and discord the resurrection jesus offers you love and peace where sin has reaped, de- has reaped death in your life. I mean, how much disastrous does that get, right? If we were to walk out and our life were to end. But that is the future for all of us, apart from Jesus. We are dead in our trespasses. We are dead in our sin. But Jesus dies on our behalf. He takes the weight of our sin upon his shoulders and he reverses our fortune if we will trust in him, if you will trust in him. If you make Jesus your life, If you put your faith in him, our reading from Colossians, Paul says this, When Christ, who is your life, appears, that means when he returns, then you will also appear with him in glory. He's going to reverse the disasters of your life. You too can live a glorious future. Second, the resurrection restores the lonely. The angel instructs the women to go and tell the disciples, right? See, this is both an instruction, partly because they want the news of the resurrection needed to go out, but it's also sort of a uh, an initiation in a new reality. They had been together with Jesus, and now in the resurrection, those who love Jesus are now part of a new community. Basically, if you are alone and isolated, if you are... alone in the world, if you're divorced or single, never married, if you're widowed, if you are empty nesters, if you're a teenager and your friend group has has sort of uh, vanished. Faith in Jesus gives you a family to be a part of. A family to live out life with. A family to laugh with and share joy and share meals together. The angel tells them to go and tell the disciples because they were meant to be together. To truly know the power of the resurrection and the life Jesus offers you through it. You have to be together with other people, other disciples who are following Jesus. And if the resurrection is good news to you today, if you want God to reverse your disasters, that you can now have life and you leave here, if you like that, and that's good news, and you receive that, and you leave here today in about 30 minutes or so, and you don't return until Christmas, then it won't make any difference. You will have missed the elephant in the room. You'll miss the power of the resurrection that he restores the lonely. Third, the resurrection reignites purpose. Not only is the resurrection good news for the women, but they're told to go and tell it to others. Sharing the good news of Jesus, of new life, of full life, of resurrected life will solidify in you the reality of the resurrection. Friends, the resurrection reverses disasters, it restores the lonely, and it revives and reignites purpose. You might have noticed with me that our passage ends in kind of an odd way, doesn't it? After all of this news, after the glorious appearing, although a little frightful of the angel, the grave had been open and Jesus was no longer there, Mark tells us that the women in verse 8 went out and fled. They were so shocked that their, ex- that their expectations had been unraveled that they left and said nothing to anyone. Now, you may be aware that if you read the other Gospels, we know that these women actually did eventually go and tell the other disciples. But what do we make of this today? Simply put, it's this, that we can walk out today and miss the power of the resurrection. Maybe you're astonished. Maybe you're afraid of what it means to follow Jesus, how it might change your life. Maybe you're even incredulous, saying, I don't need help. I don't have any desires, or uh, disasters, excuse me. I have desires probably, but not disasters. Or you might be indifferent. Oh, I'll worry about this another day. If there's one thing this last year has taught me, is that for some, there will be no tomorrow. There will not be another day. Jesus' resurrection, Jesus' offer of life, Jesus offers this now. And you can have sure hope where you might have had fuzzy optimism. The resurrection, the incredible news that the dead can live, can reverse your disasters, can end your loneliness, can reignite you with joy and purpose. And so here's the next step for us all today. Whether you've been following after Jesus your whole life, whether you make a life group and Bible reading and worship normal everyday practice, or whether you put your faith in him today. The last thing the angel says to the women is, Jesus is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you. In short, this is a way, again, that the women are invited to follow Jesus. Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. You too can go and find Jesus today and the power of the resurrection. And I want to invite you to come back next week And find him afresh. Find him again. I invite you to read the Gospels. Find uh, new and full life in him. Holy Cross, it's a place where you can do both. You can come find a sure hope. You can come join a like group. You can come to worship regularly. And it will exceed your expectations. Like an elephant walking through church. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you that you sent your son into the world to die for us, that you sent him into the world to take our sin upon him so that we might have the life that comes from him. Lord, help us to put our faith in you. Help us to walk after you and to follow you. Help us to uh, live out the power of the resurrection, the new life. Lord, come and give us life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.